verse 1. It says, let us therefore fear. Doesn't tell, the Bible doesn't tell us to fear too many times. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest and that any of you should seem to come short of it. I don't want to come short of that. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So it's more than just showing up and hearing the gospel being preached. It requires more than just coming to a, a church service and hearing the, the minister speak uh, on the word of God. It seems like it's more of that because to them it was preached also, but it didn't work for them. Because it was not mixed with faith. They, they didn't uh, grab a hold of what was being preached by faith. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place, again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not because of unbelief. Missing out on a lot of things. Even though they heard everything, they missed out on everything. I want to preach to you today from this title, Finding Rest. Finding Rest. Turn to a few people and greet them in the name of the Lord as you're seated today. It's been a short 84 years, 84 years since the movie Wizard of Oz was released. That movie is 84 years old. And it is the most watched film in movie history, Wizard of Oz. About a girl, obviously we know, named Dorothy, who gets knocked unconscious during a tornado. And it follows her through an imaginary world named Oz. And near the end of this story, this imagination, this dream, Dorothy comes to the realization that she wants to go back home. And the way that she does that is to click together the heels of her ruby red slippers three times and then say, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. This popular movie also brought that phrase into the spotlight. It did not 
generate, it did not create that phrase. It is uh, older than uh, 39, but uh, obviously it brought it to the, to the ears and the eyes of uh, America and the world, that there is no place like home. And how true that is. There really is no place like home. You, you can go out of town, whether on vacation or a trip or whatever. You just get lost and you end up out of town. Uh, you can sleep in one of the finest hotels. Enjoy all its luxuries. Memory foam mattresses, the, the finest sheets that man can make, uh, but there's no place like home. You can spend $1,000 a night for a, 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 a hotel, and, and what an experience. But you know and your body knows and your soul knows that there is no place like home. People take vacations and get away to uh, recoup, and uh, there's no doubt that you will get some good sleep in these nice places if you can afford those. Uh, you'll get some good sleep, but how much rest are you going to get? People get away to rest and recover and recoup, but why is it that when you get back, you feel exhausted? I thought that's why you went to get. That's why you went away. It's because you're feeling exhausted. It's like you need a vacation from your vacation. And thus begins the endless cycle. If we had enough money, we'd always be on vacation, wouldn't we? To recover from our previous week. But while you get away from your job and your uh, people around you and just the busyness of life, what we don't realize that is in that, in doing that, we are leaving our home. And as we have confessed here, there's no place like home. George Moore says, a man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it. You see, your home is where you actually can get rest. Your home is where your soul can get rest, where your body can actually rest, it, it's so weird, and uh, maybe this just kind of happens to me, but uh, whenever we go out of town and we're driving back into, driving back home, my, my body knows we're getting close to home. And thus, we get home even sooner, because there's no place like home. There's no bed like your bed. No matter how expensive the hotel room might be, there's really no bed like your bed. There's no pillow like your pillow. No matter how many pillows there your, that hotel room has, there's no pillow like your pillow. That's why I bring my pillow with me because it's not worth it. L waking up with a, uh, with a crick in your neck, paid money for that, you can, go, you can get that free at home, you know. So bring my pillow with me. Uh, because there's no pillow like your pillow. There's no bathroom like your bathroom. There's no couch like your couch. You know it. Your body knows it. Your soul knows it, that there is no place like home. 
Because home is the place where you can actually get some rest. Even though you may, it may not seem like it, but when you go away for a while, your body begins to realize, I just want to go back home. Because there is no place like home. Rest can be defined as the refreshing quiet or repose of sleep, refreshing ease or inactivity after exertion or labor. To refresh oneself as by sleeping, lying down, or relaxing, to relieve weariness by cessation of exer- exertion or labor. Uh, and and the, the word rest is obviously found many times in the Bible. We read in our scripture for the today, mentioned there a few times. And according to the Hebrew and the Greek, rest is defined as the cessation of any motion, business, or labor. A putting to rest. A calming of the winds. A resting place. A state of settled or final rest. You see, you can sleep in many places, but that doesn't mean you're getting rest. You can go 3,000 miles away from your job and from your neighbors and your problems, but that doesn't mean that there's going to be a calming of the winds in your life. No, you've got to find that resting place, that place where you go to put things to rest. Just by going there, you're able to relax and to take a breath of fresh air and to let your soul breathe and rest. And and as you know and have found out through your own choices and your life experiences, that the place of rest is not found in different places or in things. It is not found in the latest and greatest, although we think it is. It is not found in new clothes or new shoes, but we, at times we think it is. Because after we get them, after we buy those things that we so cherished after and thought that we needed so badly in the moment, guess what? Problems are still here. Our storms are still here. The waves are still crashing into our ship, but yet we got the new thing that we wanted. That was supposed to fix everything. What happens is it just takes our mind out of focus temporarily until all that wears off. We realize we're still in the ship and the storm is still uh, all around us. And so the truth of the matter comes down to this is that Uh, What is a a new pair of shoes going to do against storms in your life? Or or a new whatever, a new clothes, a new outfit, a new home, or car, whatever. What are those things going to actually do against to help calm the the winds and the waves and the turbulence that this world and this life brings? Only in our minds, our imaginations, do we think that these little things have such power to transform all of that. How is all of that going to calm the seas in your life? And many times, we, these things that we pursue after that we think are the things that are going to give us rest, many times those things actually come with a new burden 
or a new payment that we didn't have before. That actually, and in, in, in ironically, kind of adds to the storm now. That adds to the chaos and adds to the stress. As if we didn't have enough stress and things to worry about in life, let's go and get this thing because this is going to fix it. And that adds a, a new stress that uh, we didn't already have enough room for, but yet we thought we needed that to get out of the situation. And so the thing that we are trying to flee from and, and get rest from uh, actually kind of works backwards, doesn't it? There's a story of, of early in the Bible about Abram and Lot where uh, they were on this journey together and they got to uh, the, the Canaan land, the promised land, the early promised land. And uh, they began to grow and multiply out there in, in God's country. And there came a day where uh, Abram's uh, shepherds and, and flocks were were fighting with Lot and his shepherds and, and his flock, and there was strife that was happening. And, and so they come to the uh, realization that we, we can't be having this. The world is hard enough. We don't need any strife in our homes. We don't need strife in our life coming from those who we think are closest to us and we need each other. But uh, they said, we got to settle this, that there be no strife between us. And this his account picked up in Genesis 13, Abram said unto Lot, uh, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we, are, we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. And if thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou wilt depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes beheld the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. And so then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and separated themselves from one another. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. And so here they are, their, 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 their flocks are, are fighting. Why? Because probably fighting over the same watering hole and fighting over the same green grass. And, and there's a not enough terrain there to sustain both of these flocks and, and herds. And so they had to separate it. And so Abram gave Lot the first choice. Lot, go wherever you want to go. There's so much land out here that there's no need for us to be together. Uh, we can separate, and, and therefore we can thrive and survive uh, and live better off the land. And so uh, Lot looked around, and he saw uh, through the eyes of a shepherd, he saw the well-watered plains of Jordan, and it was green. And it, was, it was like a, a mirage in the middle of a desert. I mean, this place, as it described, it was like the Garden of Eden. It was so uh, plush and so green and uh, this is a shepherd's dream. Who's not going to pick this place to feed your flocks? There's clear, clearly plenty of water to supply, supply all the greenery and the, uh, all of that. And so this is the perfect and ideal place to find rest for your, your flock, for your herdsmen, for you, for your 
for your life, the best place. And, and so uh, to flee the strife, he looks to find place uh, of rest. And, and so uh, he goes there and he begins to start his new life in this new place that we're uh, setting up camp and, and now we can have rest. No more strife between us and they're separated, and, and look at all this land. My, my flock are, are well taken care of, all of these things, providing rest, and this is the place where I can sit back and relieve uh, and, and, and rest and reprieve from all the, the hardships and the, the stresses and the worries of, of journeying through the, the promised land, Canaan land. I can just stay here, and this place will provide me rest. You don't have to worry anymore. Because this is well-watered area. Don't have to go chasing water and, and leading my flocks to find the next river or stream. It's all right here to find rest. And so that's where Lot goes to find his rest. But interesting enough that the place he chose for rest provided him just the opposite. That he found no rest there. Second Peter tells us, in turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, overthrow, making them an example unto those that should live ungodly, and delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. He went there to get rest, but turns out he was vexed instead. Verse 8, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. I thought I went there to get some rest. At least that's what it looked like on the surface. Everything is green and I don't have to worry about anything else. And so I'm going there to find a, a place of rest and refuge. And, and it turns out that it is quite the opposite place that his soul is vexed day by day by the actions and deeds of, of the unlawful things that are going on in the cities and the plains where he chose to find rest. The word vex means to exhaust by labor or suffering, to wear out, to overpress and overpower, to tire down with toil and exhaust with labor, to afflict or oppress with evils, to make trouble for, to treat roughly, to torture. So Lot went to go there to find rest, but he ended up being tortured, being oppressed by the things and the people of this world. My, my Lord, I, I, I thought that is what you were trying to go to get away from, Lot. I thought that is what you were seeking rest from, and it turns out you ran right into it. You actually got more of it in your life because you thought rest was in that place and that provided you something. And it, it seems like you went full steam ahead in the opposite direction of rest and you got vexed. 
what you thought would provide rest and reprieve actually poured gasoline on the fires in your life. And your righteous soul was vexed day by day. Talk about, it sounds like a, a place of torment, a, a, a hellish place, hell on earth, where every single day your soul is vexed because of the evil deeds going on around you. And, and the, the worst part of it all is that you chose to go there. The people that uh, don't walk the straight and narrow, that wide is the, the way that many walk unto the destruction, uh, they're going to wake up one day uh, in a place that they didn't think that they were going because everyone believes that they're going to heaven, but there's coming a day where gonna, people are going to find out that uh, that is not the place that they're going because they did not believe the word of God. They did not live righteously according to the word of God, and they're going to find themselves on the other side of this life with their soul being vexed, tormented day by day. And with the memory, I'm sure, of them dealing and hearing the gospel and, and, and uh, the people that were trying to reach them and witness to them and knowing, ultimately knowing at the end of the day that they cannot blame anybody for where they are. They can only blame themselves for the vexation of their soul day by day. And so this is where Lot ended up by his own choosing. And so why is it then that Lot seemed to get the better end of the deal in the beginning? Clearly, Abram did not get the well-watered plains of Jordan. That's where, a that's where Lot chose. It's, in our minds, it's Abram that should be vexed, right? He's out there still journeying around, wandering around while Lot says, hey, look at this well-watered paradise. I'm just going to camp here. This is, this is the place of rest. Good luck, Abram. I hope you make it. It looks like I'm going to make it. Looks like my flocks are going to do well, and uh, I'm going to flourish by all of this. And why isn't it that Abram is not the one that was vexed, but yet Lot ended up being the one that was? It's Abram who has to deal with famines, not Lot. It's Abram who's the one who has to deal with dryness and, and no water and no rains and, and, uh, and, and to, to, to traverse the land to find the next feeding ground, find the next uh, green hillside for his flock. It's Abram has to worry about all that while Lot is the one who seems to be blessed. It's all right there. Lot had the well-watered areas, and yet we are not told that Abram was vexed. We're told that Lot was vexed. Lot was tortured. Lot was oppressed. Lot was overcome and overpowered. Uh, it doesn't mention any of those things for Abram, but yet he didn't get the well-watered plains, did he? But we're never told that his soul was vexed. We are told that Lot's soul was vexed. That's, that's how bad it must have been when the Bible goes that far and gives that much detail that his very soul was vexed every single day. Must have been bad. You see, Lot was seeking rest in the plains of Jordan, but rest 
wasn't found there. He thought that the cities of this world would maybe give him some harbor and and some refuge and some rest. Maybe the systems and the the financial markets would give him some rest or uh, the commerce and the, the opportunity that the world provides would give him some rest. And Lot jumped in with both feet, submersed by the city, engulfed by all the extravagance of the world and the predictability of everything and the guarantees uh, because he was looking for rest and all that he found was torment for his soul. But on the flip side, the other, the other man, Abram, was just left alone with God. Left alone with God in a land of uncertainty, and yet we are not told that his soul was vexed. Weird how that kind of works. Stay here with God, or leave and face torture. Stay here with God in his presence and get rest or leave and go and get your soul vexed. It kind of just kind of boils down to that, doesn't it? It's so simple. Yet why is it so hard to live out? Stay here with God or leave and face oppression and weariness and vexation of your soul day by day. But truth be told that Abram didn't, didn't stay there either. When his first hardship came, what did he do? When the famine first showed up, when he was on his own with him and God without Lot, what did, what did Abram do when the first storm of life came? Uh, he did the same thing Lot did. He sought rest. By looking to the comforts of this world, he sought rest. And so a famine has come, and so what does Abram do? He says, hey, it's, it's dry up here. I'm going to Egypt. I'm going to go find refuge and rest down in Egypt because I know they have it. And so he ran down to Egypt to escape it, to, to find reprieve and to find rest. And did he find rest in Egypt? Egypt maybe gave him some gold and some riches to help him with his rest. But they, Egypt also gave him Hagar. Abram went to get rest, and what did he get? He got Hagar. So are you worrying about the stress Are you worrying and stressing about the promises of God or when they may come to pass or when they may not? And what happens is people tend to, to, to look to the world to provide a solution for the promises that God has placed in your mind and your life. And the world's always going to offer an alternative. It's always going to offer something to, to get you to step away, to leave the promises of God for a, for a, a short-sighted fix and, and for a rest uh, that you think you're looking for, but it never works out, does it? You see, Abram took the answer that the world gave and brought it into his home, seeking rest. But it actually provided the opposite, didn't it? It provided 
strife. It began to produce strife and produce struggle inside their home. The very thing that he did not want and was trying to flee from, uh, he goes to Egypt and brings this thing, and it, and it comes and in, into his home. And the rest is history, how that has provided anything but rest. We're dealing with it today. There's no rest in the Middle East because Abram went to Egypt seeking rest. He went to the world and their answers and their possibilities and, and their gurus to how, how, how to seek rest and, and to live your best life. But what the world offers is always just a, a, a small substitute of what God, the world cannot replace what God is wanting to do in your life. We should not be seeking answers from the world, seeking the answers to prayer from the world. We need to be seeking it from God because it first came from Him. The promise came from God. He's the only one that can fulfill Fulfill it. The world cannot give us anything that can, that can satisfy our heart and our soul. What God is trying to do in our life. And so rest is not found in the things of this world. It is not found in degrees or certificates at the end of your name. It is not found in new things or, or in new toys. It is not found in the comforts or guarantees that this world provides. Rest is only found in one place, and that is in the presence of Almighty God. There's no other place like the presence of God. There's no other place like home in His presence that can really give your soul some rest. And so people find, try to find this rest in the world, but it never gives them rest. It gives them vexation instead. Because only God can provide the rest that you are looking for. Only God can provide the peace that we are seeking after. Only God can provide the reprieve from the stresses and the worries of this world. And so we need to make up our mind that this world has nothing for me. Its offer, its best offer on the table is going to stay on the table. Why? Because God has everything I need. He's going to supply all my needs. And only I can only get rest in the presence of God. Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. There's a promise there. The only place you're going to find rest for your soul is at the feet of Jesus, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so that place of rest in God, where your soul is at ease, where the storms of life have no effect on your soul, that place is the place of rest and that place is only accessed by faith. The only way you can access that place, that rest, is by faith. It's the only door, the only way to get into that place, that refuge of rest is through faith. You mean the faith that uh, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
That means what I'm looking for, I cannot be looking with my eyes because I'm going to pick the wrong thing. I'm going to pick the well-watered plains of Jordan because that's where I think rest is. But actually, rest is not there. Rest is turning your eye, turning around and closing your eyes and say, lead me, Lord, to that place. Lead me to your presence. I want to find the refuge and a rest for my soul. And I cannot, fo- I cannot follow my eyes or my instincts. I have to follow my faith because that is the only access is walking by faith and not by sight. And if you do that, you will find the rest for your soul. Because without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so, so often do our eyes or our attention get uh, pulled away from what God is trying to do in our lives, and we can, uh, our carnal, uh, us carnal creatures, we can get caught up in that and thinking, oh, this is what I need. This is the next thing I need for rest and to feel good. And, and while you may feel good or great, but you're not going to find rest for your soul. After a while, those things begin to turn and spoil and ultimately will provide a vexation, a torment for your soul. Because the only place that rest is found is in the presence of God. The children of Israel, where they felt this vexation for hundreds of years under the hand of of the Egyptians, and they were slaves to them, uh, and their souls and their lives and their, their backs and their families were vexed and oppressed and tormented by the Egyptians. And And so God heard their cry, and he says, I'm going to deliver them out of this place, to this place of torment, because it goes back to my promise to Abram. And so he brings them out, he delivers them through miracles and splitting the Red Sea and the the ten plagues and all of these things and feeding them along the way and and making bitter water sweet and and raining down quail and, and, and manna every single day. All of these things just to get them into the promised land, the place of rest for his people. Yeah, he already had a place of rest for them. But he was leading them to that place. Uh, And so can I tell you that no matter what is going on in your life, there's always a place of rest for the people of God. God always has a place for you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you or leave you alone all by yourself to face these things. There's always a place of rest for the people of God, but you just got to get there. And how do you get there? It's through faith. The children of Israel were brought across, led across uh, the, the, the wilderness, and they get to the, to the entrance. They get to the driveway, the, the front door of the place of rest. And what do they say? We can't go up in there. The very place of rest, they did not go in it because of why? Their unbelief. They could not access rest. And so what happens is they came from vexation from Egypt, and they didn't want to go into rest because of no faith. And so God says, okay, you don't have faith. Let's go, let's go back the circle of vexation for 40 years where their souls were oppressed, and uh, they're just wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, all because of unbelief, because they did not have the faith to enter into the rest 
that God had provided for them. And so uh, we, don't, we don't need to uh, quit or throw in the towel whenever circumstances arise in our life. No, we just need to close our eyes and say, God knows the way that I take. I'm believing that he knows and he's there and he's provided a way of escape, a place of rest for me. And I need to find my way into that place because that is the only place you're going to find rest. Talk about somebody being uh, vexed but wasn't, wasn't spelled out. We got to read between the lines is, is a man by the name of Noah. The Bible describes what this world was like in Noah's days. What it was evil continually. Every thought was so evil and the world was, was so full of evil that God says, I got to destroy this world. Talk about a place of vexation. And then being the only one going to live for God. You see, we think it's hard now living for God. Imagine you and your family, the only ones in the entire world, living for God. And Noah did it. And we have so much more for us, and yet people struggle. Ah, I don't know. But Noah... Somehow he found a place of rest because you you can imagine I was cra- it, it was crazy enough to live for God back then. But it's even crazier to start building an ark when you've never seen rain. He was double vexed, vexed for his righteousness, and then he was vexed for his this harebrain of an idea to build a giant Titanic boat that didn't sink. And so he, the people would come to him and constantly mock him and, and make fun of what is, what is he doing. And, and his righteous soul was being vexed as well. Uh, but we're not told this because uh, Noah was able to find a place of rest, even amidst all of that. Even in a world full of sin, there's still a place of rest for the righteous soul. And it's only accessed by faith. I'm going to keep on building. Why? I'm building by faith. And while you're building by faith, while you're walking by faith, that faith opens a door to rest for your soul that you don't care what what they're saying. You don't care what the world is doing to you or they're making fun of you or or laughing at you or or persecuting you. You're not being troubled by that. Your soul is at rest. Why? Because you're just building and walking by faith. Hebrews 11, 7, by faith. Uh, Noah, being warned of God, things not seen as yet, moved with fear. As we are told in Hebrews, move with fear. Prepare an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world because of heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And even in the midst of the chaos and the floods, Noah was inside this place of refuge. He got there by faith. Nobody else in the world had faith because they would have been in there. But because of their unbelief, they did not get to experience the rest that Noah experienced in that ark on top of the waters as the entire world is being flooded. You're in there and your soul is at rest. In the presence of God leading you in God. You don't know where you're going. You don't have the instruments and things that we have today to, 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 to mark your your, your route and uh, all of this, but he just depended on God. 
just blind faith. And what did he do? Through that faith, his soul was at rest, and, and he, he got to be in the presence of God and saved from the ungodliness and judgment of this world. And, and the ark finally came down, and it rested on the mountains, found that resting place. Only in the presence of God and only through faith can we even find such a place. And we know that there is a place. Even nowadays, 2023, as bad as this world is, we can easily get caught up in the headlines and the news and the tragedies and the, the dark skies. And, and if we think our, our storms in our life are bad, the storms that are on the horizon are unlike any this world has ever seen. And talk about a turmoil. Talk about weary, wearisome and worry and anxiety. No, the people of God, there's always going to be a place of refuge, a place of rest. And that is in the presence of God that we can come into these doors and just retreat and not think of any and our souls are touched and our souls are fine rest here in the presence of God while everything else is going on around us. I'm thankful for the rest of God. Hebrews 11:8. as musicians come, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, he went out and not knowing whether he went. But by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, with the heirs with him of the same promise. In verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. They didn't even get it. They didn't get to receive. That doesn't mean they still didn't live by faith. Not receiving the promises, but having seen them afar off. How do you see how do you how do you see them? The only way you can see those things are by faith. They saw them through faith and say, hey, I'm holding on. I'm going to believe. I'm going to keep being faithful to God. Uh, and so we're persuaded of them and embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims. On this earth. So while they died in faith, while they did not receive the promises, they still had a rest and peace in their soul that gave them the courage and the strength and the fortitude to keep on moving forward because even though I don't haven't received it yet, I see what's coming. And I hey, what if that's what's coming, I'm just a stranger in this world. I'm not I'm not attaching myself to anything in this world because something greater is coming. I cannot see with my eyes, but I can see with my faith and my spirit and the Holy Ghost. You know something great is coming, and you gotta keep holding on by faith and believing. Hey, while this world around me is going into chaos, I can still be at rest and at ease in my soul because I have a hold of something that this world cannot give us. Hebrews 4 and 1, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. 
there's so many promises and everyone's holding on and believing these promises. But it, you're only going to access it by faith and belief. You can hear the gospel preached to you every week, but that doesn't mean you're going to find it. That doesn't mean you're going to grab a hold of it. You've got to reach out by faith and say, I, I need the gospel. The power of the gospel is able to save my soul. And what is the gospel? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And how do we obey that? We've got to repent of our sins. We've got to die out to that. We've got to be baptized in Jesus' name to be born of the water. And then we've got to be born of the Spirit, the resurrection, the new life that is empowered through the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and filling. That is how the, uh, the gospel is obeyed and applied in your life. And it's only that gospel that leads you to the place of rest. The gospel has three parts. If you've only done one, you're not, you're not in the rest that God has for you. No matter how good your life may be, if you only repented of your sins... There's something greater waiting for you. If you've only been baptized in Jesus' name but haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, the gospel is not complete yet in you. And as good as your life has been since you've been baptized and turned your life to Christ, that's great. But, hey, I'm here to tell you that there's a promise still waiting for you, that there's some, a greater life, a greater experience waiting for you, and that is the infilling of the Holy Ghost where the presence of God actually comes inside of you. And if peace is found in his presence, wait till you get the Holy Ghost inside of you. That is, the, that is the access to the peace that God and the rest that God has for you, the promise of a rest in this crazy world and that cannot be bought or purchased. That rest can only be found in the presence of God and it can only be accessed by faith. Because if you don't believe in the gospel, if you don't believe you need to do it or you don't need to do it all, then you're not going to access that rest. And you find yourself in, in Hebrews uh, 4, 1 and 2, where uh, the gospel was preached unto them, but it did not profit them because it was not mixed in faith when they heard it. So uh, I, don't, I don't believe it enough. I don't have enough faith in that to do that. If you stand with me today. We are surrounded by so much chaos. You leave here today in this place of refuge, this strong tower, this, this place where the people of God can come, where God has provided a, a sanctuary for them. And we can leave through these doors and, and look at our phone, get an email, uh, get a notification uh, uh, from an app or something and, and to remind us of the unrest that is out there of the chaos and the pain and the hurting and all of that that is out there. But yet there's inside the people of God, there's a place where we find rest. Rest for our souls in this world. And we see an example of, of this really kind of playing out in uh, an example of life and the hardships of it, and also the people of God. And it's found in a, the book of Mark, chapter 4. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he, Jesus, 
was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. They awake him and say, Master, carest not thou that we perish? He arose, he rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? See, Jesus had faith. That's why he was asleep. Because faith gets you access to the rest of God. While the storms are going around you, Jesus has got his pillow and said, Hey, my soul's at ease. I'm at rest because I'm in the presence of God. Who can pull me out of the presence of God? Who can remove me from God's will? But if I'm not in there through faith and, and belief, then uh, I don't have that divine protection because I first cannot uh, exercise my faith. I must have faith. And these fishermen, they act like this was the first time on a boat. These guys, they, they grew up on the water. They were probably birthed out in the middle of the fish and a fishing boat. They've been out there many times. They've experienced winds and storms on the, on the Sea of Galilee. It's, this is nothing new to them. They were experts. According to the world standards, they were experts. They, they were the ones who knew everything. Uh, they had degrees and all these things uh, uh, stamped as a, a, a court witness, as an expert, these guys were. And yet they're out there in another, another day in the boat. And yet they're so fearful. And they could not find rest. If anyone should have been rest, it would have been these guys. Ah, it's another day. Yet they had no faith. They were surrounded by fear. Meanwhile, right, right in the midst of them was a man of God who just had some faith and said, hey, it's going to be okay because God's hand is upon me. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. You want to you wanna, uh, know how your soul is at ease? When you're in the shadow of somebody watching over you. When you know God's watching over you, I don't have to be on lookout. I don't have to be on guard because I went into the strong tower to find refuge and rest. And, and I know God has got it because I access this by faith. And the only place you can find rest for your soul is by faith in the presence of God. Man, I want to open up these altars today. As so much is going on around us, so much is happening in our everyday lives. We just need to be reminded that we don't got to worry about all those things. But that all the only place that we can find true rest is, is in the presence of God. And access that by faith. Does anyone want to come and spend some time in his presence? God, touch me. God, restore my mind and my thinking, God. Don't let the storms, God, cause me to do things that shouldn't be done, God. But I need to find my place in your presence again. Come on, he's open. These doors are open to come and to find refuge and rest in his presence. Hallelujah, God is here today. Come on, cast your cares down. Nothing to fear or worry about, but I'm going to find rest for my soul. I got so good.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. No weapon can harm me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ma, what is your soul looking for? Is only found in the presence of God. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. You haven't obeyed the gospel. You need to do that today. If you haven't been baptized, you can do that today. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, God wants to give that to you. Give you that rest from this world. Come on, let's come worship him together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to miss out, God, on the promises.
say, my victory, my victory, my, my victory, my victory, the Lord is my help. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, isn't he worthy? Isn't he worthy? There's nothing like the presence of God. There's nothing like being here in midst of worship and praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. The sooner that we make up our minds that this world has nothing to offer, the sooner we begin to experience all the goodness that God has for us and accessing by faith the promises, whether they're, whether we receive them in, in this life or the next, we know that there's great things waiting. And we don't want to be the ones missing out. Even though we've heard the gospel preached to us, but it never was, uh, our faith never bound to it. And therefore, we missed out on the rest and the promise God has for us. Aren't you thankful that God provides a place of rest for his people? We couldn't make it without that, without his peace. We couldn't make it. And that's why people can look to you and look to you and say, how do you do it? My wife being a school teacher at high school, and they have, uh, they deal with guns and issues. Just even like last month, an issue. And people, people without God, they get so, they, they get flustered. I mean, they're, they're, shot, they're wrecked for days. And they come to my wife and say, how is it that you can remain so calm? I've got a place of rest. And my soul is at ease because of my faith in Jesus Christ. I don't have anything to fear because he's going to be there. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Go enjoy the rest of the Lord. Uh, the rest of the day, each and every day, find that place of rest. Don't forget the bread. If you want some bread, in the back. In the meeting, there's a meeting for the, the rummage sale, those involved in the rummage sale. If you want to come over here somewhere. Come over here. The rummage